0: Christ the King Sunday, last one of the church year, Jesus is on the throne. But it's an interesting kind of throne. And then next week we will wait, as Ruth was talking about, for the birth and do the year all over again. On this particular Christ of King Sunday, there are three readings across the lectionary that are all very interesting because they all come at different phases of the story of God's salvation. The first one's in Daniel. Jude read something of that. And in Daniel, uh, God's people are in exile and it's got incredibly tough. There's a tough regime in. And they are being... Man and woman, mostly man, I would think, in that day and age, handled. They're struggling to keep their sense of identity in the midst of this darkness around them. Their sense of security is well lost. The way it was is gone, and they're in an in between kind of place. The circumstances are constantly changing, and they get a vision, a night vision. In my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like the Son of Man, like a human being. Coming with clouds of heaven, he approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. This is the vision they get in the midst of their dark night of a human like son of God, a human like a human God figure. You would know that John can relate to that with his prophetic theology of the word become flesh, of this prophetic theology of the word become flesh. And I couldn't help thinking as I was reading about Daniel in the context of where the people of God were as they got this vision of a king of kings. Christ for them was a distant thing, but it was the hope that started way back in Genesis 3 and keeps going on through the story of salvation in the Old Testament to next week's first candle as they look forward to the birth of Jesus. This particular place, this particular dark place, They get a vision of this Christ figure to come And I couldn't help but thinking Of our own circumstances Now we're nothing like What it was In the days of the children of Israel And sometimes we need to Catch ourselves on and realise that As the people of God in 2018 At least here in Northern Ireland Perhaps if we listen to Samhita last week from India and realise that eight hundred Christian churches were attacked last week or last year by uh, Hindu fundamentalists, maybe Samita and her people, her the people of God in her context might have a clearer picture of this, but it's still an interesting time to be a Christian in twenty eighteen in Northern Ireland. The UK, the Republic of Ireland, the Venn diagram, Europe, or whatever on earth is our backstop. I was at a Four Corners meeting a while back, and um, Jim Deeds, um, wonderful, wonderful, spiritual man that I have a lot of um, admiration for from, from the Falls Road, and he said, I want to get a t-shirt printed, tough to be a tag. Um, and because uh, he felt the kind of just what it is in Ireland to be a Catholic in 2018. And he said, Mark, we should get t-shirts, tough to be a tag. And I said, well, don't leave me out of it, because it's, it's a pain to be a presby these days, so maybe I need that one printed as well. And we joked about it, but at the same time, there is something that's not easy about being a Christian compared to when I came to faith at the end of the 70s and into the 80s. Whatever that is, whether we've done it to ourselves or whether the carpet from under us has shifted so far and thrown us off kilter that we actually don't know who we are anymore, we are going through a time, and as a minister of a church, I'm aware that I'm leading a congregation through a time Of change. When our identity is not what it used to be. When things are not as secure and safe as they are. And it's good on times like that. To make sure we see the night vision. That the people in Daniel saw. The people in exile. Were pointed to this king. This king whose dominion would not disappear. Back a few weeks ago we were looking at those spirituals of The slaves singing songs of a king to remind them that the powers that be in the world around them were not the ultimate reality. But a world appears and there is a king and there is a kingdom that might see us through these difficult times for the church and for those of faith. Alternative imaginings of how it really is. And what the kingdom really is. And who the ultimate king is. And can I just say. They must look back at 100 years and say. 2000 teens. The 2000 noughties. They were the worst years in the history of the world. For leaders. Bless us. Is there one out there. That can politically lead us. It's good to know. When all of them seem to be talking against each other. That there's another king that there's another kingdom and that there's wisdom and a way to live in that kingdom that can see us through the state of chasis as we've talked about over these last couple of weeks. Not sing, but okay, see, as I was corrected after the service. Maybe more chance of it being corrected in a literary way than a theological way in Fitzroy, but that's another question. So the people in Daniel saw this king give them an alternative imagining through the night the passage the second one there that Jude read is as I saturated myself in these few verses in John 18 this week this is these are this is it if you're going to do world history get yourself into these four verses because these four verses are absolutely Pivotal, they're the fulcrum of world history Right, you know, I know that in the life of Jesus Well, I'll say that on Christmas Day That here's a moment of It's not, Christmas Day is not a great moment in the church calendar It's a great moment in history And we're coming here to these This is the key standoff Between the other kingdom And the kingdom around us And it happens right here in these verses Because if we want to think what's been going on here the, The Jews are thinking that Jesus is going to Somehow I mean With a wee bit of pragmatism They could have looked and seen There weren't many backstops To a guy with a few disciples Taking on Rome But they did think That he was going to take on Rome They had this idea When he came into Jerusalem That he was going to take on Rome And he was going to be The king of the Jews And the Romans were going to be uh, Just was going to be different On a political realm Of the day they were in And they were disillusioned As the week went on They were disillusioned As the week went on Judas sold him for silver because he was disillusioned. Because he realized this wasn't the kind of king I wanted. And those who welcomed him into the city were those who shouted, let Barabbas go, crucify him at the end of that week. And they thought it was the Jews against the Romans. But actually it turned out that the Jews and the Romans ended up on the same side against another kingdom. Against another kingdom, because right here in the conversation we see here, Pilate and Jesus are having a discussion about who really rules. And it doesn't seem to me, as I read it, that it's kind of the the prefect of Rome. Caesar's prefect was some dissident carpenter from up north. This seems to be an eyeball to eyeball conversation. It's quite an interesting conversation. Who are you, king? Am I a Jew? What is the truth? And Jesus in the midst of this says those lines that are so crucial to it all. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Right now, in this moment, with the kings and the princes and the Caesars and the prefects of the world as it is, I am here with a whole other kingdom. And it's about Be enthroned On a cross of wood up on the hill This is a different kind of kingship The differences Are stark And the differences are those That we still need to make today As we watch the news As we listen to the powers that be In our time It would be good to see the difference Between the powers that be and the powers of this other kingdom to give us some kinds of insight as to what we should go for when some of these dilemmas come down the road at us. Pilate, and Ruth talked a wee bit about this in the children's talk, Pilate used his power and authority for selfish ends with no concern for the building of community. Pilate uses his power and authority for selfish ends with no concern for the building of community and certainly not a community guided by love and truth. Pilate hoards power, lords it over people, even to the point of destroying them on a cross or otherwise. Where are the political leaders who are hoarding power, selfish with the arguments that they have and the way they go about things? Are they considering the widest, good for the widest part of our community or just for their own sense of power? It's good to remember because Jesus empowers others and uses his authority to wash the feet of those he leads. He spends his life on them. Every last ounce of his life he gives to them. He gives his life to bring life to them. This is a different king from a different kingdom. This is a king who's interested in the good of all who gives himself for the good of all oh for leaders like that Pilate rules Pilate's rule brings terror even in the midst of calm jesus rule brings peace even in the midst of terror if you want to look back down through john you'll find all kinds of references to that peace Pilate's followers imitate him by using violence to conquer and divide people by race, ethnicity, and nations. Jesus' followers put away the sword in order to invite and unify people, as Jesus does when he says, When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Pilate divides race, ethnicity, and nations. Jesus unifies. Pilate's authority originates from the will of Caesar and is always tenuous, always brittle. Where are you today, Mr. Caesar? Jesus' authority originates from doing the will of God and is eternal. Where is Jesus today, Mr. Caesar? Right where he was when he had his conversation with Pilate. On the throne Still Kingdoms enthroned And crosses is what we're about That is what we're about That is what we sing about That is what we read about That is who we are As Brian Zand had said And Brian when he spoke to us I don't think he said it when he spoke here uh, Last year but he's the one who said It's really impossible for us To understand the Bible Because We're not slaves in Egypt. We're not exiles in Babylon. And we're not Jewish marginal people on the edge of a Roman Empire. We are Egypt. We are Babylon. We are the Empire. But that's changed. That's what's changed. And maybe the changes that are going on where the church loses its power now... I, would, I don't want Constantine to have gone to any eternal judgment but if I had the guy who gave him the tract I would interrupt because we went off and on one right there where we got ourselves on the side of Egypt Babylon and Rome and lost our identity but here it comes down the road And maybe the next generation, after we've gone, will be able to understand the Scriptures because they will not be in the power of the kingdoms of this world. They will be in the power of another kingdom and another king. My friend Derek Webb sang a few years ago in a song called A King and a Kingdom. And this is about America. But we could relate it. My allegiance is not to a flag, a country, or a man. My allegiance is not to democracy or blood. It's to a king and a kingdom. The way we see this king and the way we see this kingdom will fix every decision we make, morally, ethically, politically, socially, spiritually. And therefore it's important That we see this king for who he was And who he is And this kingdom for how Unworldly And otherworldly And alternative It really is Revelation Chapter 1 is the third reading The last reading of the lectionary And it takes us To those last days Where Jesus is going to come Again, with some power and might. And I think it was, I wrote this down over the course of the week, and then always put your references in. Um, If you're doing a PhD, always put your references in. If you're writing a sermon, it's good to know your reference, because as I look back over my notes of the things I was reading during the week, I got this line that kept coming back to me as the way we go out of this sermon into the week the task of the church is to anticipate the eschaton by living into the reality now. And what that means is the task of the church is to anticipate the second coming, the eschatology, the king coming in all his glory and power and to live that reality now, that alternative kingdom now in the way we vote. In the way we spend, in the way we love our neighbor or our enemy, in the way we love our God, living the way it's going to be now. And I've told this story before, and I've learned over my nine years here, tell stories lots, because there's nothing better than when you're somewhere and you hear somebody saying, well, as Steve always says, we're particles of light across the city. Or as Steve always says, we're tumbling and stumbling after Jesus. Or as Steve always says, 10-10, life in all its fullness. Or as Jesus as Steve Steve always (laughs) says that would be more important by the way as Steve always says, we're not what we believe, we're what we love. Now you didn't pick those things up because I said them once. You picked those up because I keep repeating myself. And maybe the stuff we have in the New Testament is because Jesus did the Blessed's more than just the once because I'm sure Matthew wasn't that great with a shorthand so here's that story from Robben Island many people have been to Robben Island hands up if you've been to Robben Island I'm sure look at that there some of you've even been there with me Um, Robben Island's a fascinating place and it's where Nelson Mandela was um, uh, in prison and uh, for 14 years of his 27 years Uh, fascinating trip and I've done it about 11 times so I could probably take you on the trip now and tell you all the stuff that happens but one of the times that we were there with our our students back in the day when we were taking the chaplaincy students um, we were at the lime quarry and that's where they would take them out every day and they would chip away at this lime with wee hammers and the lime dust would get in their eyes and when Mandela had his eye operation they brought all this dust out from behind his eyes etc etc and when we were there, one of the times we were there, not every time we were there, but when were one of the times we were there, the guide who was taking us there said, this was the University of Robin Island. Because as they were chipping away, they were learning things. They were learning to read and write up here. And they were learning mathematics up here. And they were learning political science up here. And they were learning economics up here. And, and they were in these little groups. And while they were chipping away, they were, they were getting educated. They were teaching each other. Because and the last line was because uh, I, I kept saying to them i kept when, when you were on roman island i kept saying to the, the guards and the people that were there because the guard the, the prisoners are now the guides so when you're in the prison itself the prisoners that were there are now the guides on the island there's redemption and uh, and I, I would always say to them because oh, in the 80s there was no way they were getting out there was you know 89 when mandela walked out it was like how did that happen there were the '70s and '80s, there were no way they were getting out of this place. This was a, a hard apartheid regime, and the black people were going to be kept down. and so where did they find their faith and their belief? And so I think I asked at the quarry, I said, "Well, why were they doing all that learning?" And the guy said, "They were getting ready for freedom before freedom came. They were getting ready for freedom before freedom came. They were in a hard, dark night of the soul. Like the people in exile in Daniel. But they had a vision of freedom. They had a vision that they were so morally right that someday it had to happen. They had a picture of this other world an alternative imagining. And they were getting ready for freedom before freedom came. I think that's what that line means. The task of the church is to anticipate the eschaton by living into the reality now. We need to be living now the kingdom that we anticipate. We need to be living now the reality of Jesus as king over all the earth the way the second coming is going to allow it to be. Christ is king. This is another kingdom How does that affect my life I've been asking all week How does that affect my life How does it affect What I do Not that I know it Oh that's great And I can go out and say Well in the midst of this world I've got another idea It's not just to be an idea. In fact, it's not to be an idea. It's to be a lived out reality within our lives. Where does knowing that Jesus is king and another kingdom is here affect what I do on Monday morning? Or Sunday afternoon? Not to give me any time off before Monday morning. Where does it change my life right now? How I see Brexit. How I see Trump... How I see Northern Ireland How I see Stormont How I see Catholics How I see Nationalists How I see the way we look at the past And how we deal with the past How see, it makes me think about economics And how does it make me do what I spend my money on And how, what, what my, how does this king And this kingdom Impact the very minutia of my life right now Because it's easy for us to think Kings, empires And in the kingdom of God it is going to be that. But it starts in the minutiae. My heart. My soul. My mind. And your heart. And your soul. And your mind. The kingdom is different. This is another king. Where does that impact my life. Let's pray. Lord, when we get caught up in the vortex of a world that seems to be constantly changing all around us and we're trying to wrestle with what we believe in the midst of that world when everything that we were told years ago is now opposite from what it was taught to us and there's all kinds of things crashing in on us and we're trying to work out how to be uh, followers of Jesus in this new world we pray you would show us the kind of king that Jesus is and what this other kingdom is that he was telling Pilate about and then it wouldn't be an idea that we would be something we would live into, that we would get ready for. A kingdom already come, but not yet complete. A kingdom in its beginnings and growth, but not yet fulfilled. What do you want us to do? How do you want us to think? How do you want us to act? How do you want us to vote? How do you want us to spend? How do you want us to relate? How do you want us to forgive? How do you want us to deal with the past? How do you want us? Lord, may you being king and our understanding of this other kingdom change every tiny decision we make. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.